0: When were the...
1: What school's... Who decides what the next...
0: Where's that story? Why
1: they keep the loop... What is this?
0: It's Curious City.
2: Where WBEZ answers your questions...
0: About Chicago, the region, and its people.
2: I'm Curious City producer Logan Jaffe. And I'm just going to admit it, I grew up on a cul-de-sac in a Florida neighborhood named Oak Forest. Which didn't have many oaks. Or... Come to think of it, a forest. Questioner John Leahy noticed a similar discrepancy where he grew up in Chicago's northwest suburbs. It started years ago with a family joke.
0: My dad has a very uh, dad-like sense of humor. And for years, when we were heading up north and coming back, we'd say, oh, yes, we just uh, finished our trek up you know, Mount Prospect and, and came down Arlington Heights and through Rolling Meadows. And it would be this joke of of these town names that clearly do not line up with uh, their actual geography.
2: The geography of the Chicago area being flat, flat, really flat.
0: Well, it just seems so odd. Why do so many suburbs names imply elevation?
2: Hmm. A curious observation, but John's right. The names are spread from the north suburbs to the south suburbs. And the west suburbs, yeah, there too.
0: Highland Park, Arlington Heights, Mount Prospect, Prospect Heights, Heights
2: right, Palos Heights,
0: Chicago Heights,
2: Barrington Hills, uh,
0: Palos Hills, and then there's, Rolling Meadows, um, um, Highland Park, we said that.
2: The irony is perfect. Illinois is
1: pretty flat.
2: <laughs> the second flattest state in the country, according to Josh Campbell, a geographer and flatness expert. Campbell recently mapped the flatness of every state in the U.S. to set the record straight, in a way. He says there's a mismatch in how flat a place actually is and how flat a place feels.
1: I do think this flatness has a very negative connotation to it. I think people associate flat with expanse. Flat is empty space and there's nothing going on. Somehow relief in the terrain seems to be more exciting.
2: And this feeling of flatness is important, Campbell says, because it can have some real-world implications, like how places are named and marketed, especially in prairie states.
1: These Midwestern states in particular that need economic growth. They need people to feel excited about why they're going to go live there, why they would want to travel there. And prairie landscapes don't seem to hold the attention of people like white sand beaches and Rocky Mountains
2: do. When I tell him about John's question about Arlington Heights and Chicago Heights and Mount Prospect in flat, flat Chicagoland, Campbell says, yeah, that's funny. But it also makes sense.
1: I think that's the best evidence I've seen that people correlate flat with boring is that you would name these suburbs anything. To, I mean, you, you will tell a lie. They um, call it a mountain <laughs> to make it differentiated.
2: Campbell's got his finger on the big picture theory, a sensibility of flatness. But is it really playing out here? I ask Anne Durkin Keating, a historian who's written about the early days of Chicago suburbs, for a more local perspective. What might people have against flatness in 19th century Chicago?
3: Yeah, I I mean, I think there really is a movement towards a romanticism and the idea of natural features, and flat wasn't seen as scenic. She says you can see it in paintings. Particularly when we think about the American West, people's images are those dramatic views.
2: You know. Settlers on horseback traversing mountain ranges, waterfalls at sunset, autumn on the bluffs
3: of the Colorado River. Chicago's not going to provide that kind of scenic landscape except in a very, very tiny little way.
2: Literally tiny. I looked at elevation charts and northwest Cook County is slightly higher than the city of Chicago. Just not by much. The high point is about 600 feet higher than downtown, but that rise happens over 30 miles. In other words, you don't really notice it. But Keating says small differences in elevation could be exploited and make a big
3: difference when it came to marketing a place. Being seen as being on a ridge or in heights will help potentially to bring new residents and and new sales. But at the time even slight elevation could have practical advantages too. The city center is definitely a place that is wrestling with cholera early on and typhoid. And those are diseases that are associated with water, with low land. So people are gonna wanna leave the city and they'll go along the railroad lines, but they're also gonna look for a little bit of elevation. One of those railroad towns was Dunton,
2: Illinois, founded by, you know, William Dunton about 20 miles northwest of Chicago. What? You haven't heard of it? That's because when William Dunton died in the 1870s, residents of Dunton saw it as an opportunity to rebrand.
3: The people who are living there are saying, hey, we don't want to be known as Dunton for the rest of time. We want to have a more progressive name. And that's why this Heights gets to be such an interesting thing, because they're looking out and saying, what will look good? To encourage people to come and and buy land here or settle here. And after a bit of soul searching, the
2: farmers and the landowners and the good people of Dunton came up with Arlington Heights. Seems like people liked it because a couple decades later, it's clear that Dunton, a.k.a. Arlington Heights, started a name trend. For example, the town of Brickton renamed as Park Ridge in 1873. Miller's Grove becomes Barrington Hills in the 1890s. And even into the 1930s, we get Prospect Heights, the mashup of Neighbors Mount Prospect and Arlington Heights. And whether people sought elevation for the scenery or to escape disease, it's clear that height was a strong selling point. But does that appeal still hold true for people today? Our questioner John and I hike up Mount Prospect to find out. Excuse me say. Hi, I'm just curious. Have you ever thought about how the town is named Mount Prospect, but there's no uh, mountain?
3: I've never considered that. Really? No. Never. Not, Not once. I thought about it when I first started to work out here, but that was 27 years ago. And I haven't found the mountain yet, so...
2: Well, if Mount Prospecteers themselves don't consider the name much... I thought I'd run it by someone with a wider view, someone who might use the name for marketing.
4: My name is Julia Nickel, and I am a realtor here at Picket Fence Realty of Mount Prospect. And she says... Our Mount. Uh, Yes, I've never had any buyer ask about the Mount or refer to the Mount or wonder, you know, can I buy a house at the highest elevation here? Nobody's ever asked that. The number one question or drive really for buyers is school and the other big question buyers ask themselves they just want to know is this house going to flood and yeah it probably will regardless of your town's name there's no escaping it i don't think i ever sighed when our basement got water but wait we are on a mount yeah about the mount mount prospect
5: i mean what's better than that you know
2: Edward Callery, who wrote a book on the history of place names in Illinois.
5: You know, here's somebody who came up with the name Mount Prospect to play on all of our good feelings. We all want to live in a high place, a rich place, uh, and one where we can bring our kids up with, with great prospects.
2: But it's not even high. Like, does it matter? Like, oh, it's, in our, just... it's
5: all in our minds. We buy places and spend uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on the image that it presents. We don't care what it really is. It's the image of the thing.
2: And naming a place after what we want it to be, rather than what's actually there, can be kind of dangerous. Because it suggests that the specifics about the place itself, the flatness, the cornfields, the landscape, they don't matter. And neither does any local history, like who founded the town. In other words, these names are practically rootless.
5: See, what happened with these developments, they are located everywhere and nowhere at the same time. We are essentially a placeless uh, society in the sense that we used to be bound to a place. And now the place we live can be practically anywhere. Mount Prospect could just as well be in Colorado or Alaska or Texas as it is in Illinois.
2: Interesting. It reminds me of something realtor Julia Nichol says. The word Mount in Mount Prospect may have served its purpose back in the day. What about now? If we could rename it, what would you rename it?
4: I think um, maybe we could lose the Mount since we have not a Mount. Um, And just be Prospect, Illinois. To you, what does Prospect evoke? Solid, um, secure, um, desirable.
2: So how about it, Mount Prospect? Ready to ditch the mount? Your town would still have a nice ring to it, and you might end up with a more honest address.
5: One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning... Down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, Boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains in the big rock candy. This
2: story was reported by me, Logan Jaffe. Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. And special shout-out to John Leahy, the guy who injured years of dad jokes about high-flying Chicago place names. John says he was inspired to submit his question after he heard our story about how Romeoville and Joliet got their names. Remember that one?
0: Two suburbs, both alike in dignity, in Fairwill County, where we lay our scene.
2: Romeoville and Joliet were actually founded as Romeo and Juliet,
4: Why? Depends on who you ask. It was named in honor of the Shakespearean hero. It sounds like it is a way to mark the culture. I truly believe that it was
2: an advertising gimmick. It's okay if you don't remember. The point is, we love origin stories, and we love the suburbs. Have something you want to know about your corner of Chicago or the region? If so, ask your question at wbez.org slash CuriousCity. Curious City is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best you drink.
1: Next time on Curious City. Ever heard that the city of Chicago has the largest Polish population outside Warsaw? Have you looked at the actual demographics lately?
5: Poles have become mostly suburban, and uh, that has really declined the Polish population and split it up quite a bit.
1: And you're not going to like this
5: part. Actually, the the city that's receiving the most immigrants from Poland today is New York.
1: So is Chicago still number one outside of Warsaw? Were we ever? Find out. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.